Welcome to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, where we have real, honest, smart, and sometimes even hilarious conversations about co-parenting, separation, and divorce, and all that goes along with that. I'm Kate Anthony, your Divorce Survival Guide, Certified Life and Relationship Coach, and Happily Divorced Mom, who helps women decide if they should stay in or leave their marriages, and then guides them through the process one step at a time. Happy New Year! Welcome back, everyone. I took a bit of a break, and I didn't tell you I was taking a break because I didn't actually know I was going to take a break. (laughs) I kind of thought I would keep going over the holidays, and then I got into them, and I thought, you know what? I need to take this time, and so I did. So now I'm back. My son is back at school. Everything's rocking and rolling, and you know, I got to say, I'm really lucky because I love what I do so much. Um, And even though sometimes I need to take a break and I need to step away, often my stepping away periods are my most creative. They are when my creative juices get a little bit of a rest and they start reflowing and regenerating. So um, I've got a lot of really exciting stuff coming up soon. Most importantly is the launch of my program, Should I Stay or Should I Go?, which is a 12-week group coaching program that will help you finally decide one way or the other. I think I've mentioned to you before that I did a beta run of this program over the fall, and it was such a huge success. And the women who participated in this group, uh, they blew me away. They really did. Over the years, as I've been doing this work, people have said to me, I don't really want to do group work because I feel like my, you know, my problems, my marital problems especially are really personal and they're really unique. And all of these women that went through this course with me over, uh, the, in the fall, I limited it to 12 women and they all felt the same way. And they all said that the most empowering aspect of the program was the group, was having all these women realizing that they were not alone, that they all shared so many aspects of their stories, that they were like so empowered by being able to share with each other. They just lifted each other up and it was fucking gorgeous. You know, women were meant to be in tribes, man. We are meant for the sisterhood. And I was so blown away by how these women just stuck to each other like glue and empowered each other and themselves uh, through this work. And so I'm really excited about it. And it's coming. It's launching in, going to start in launching in February. The program starts on March 4th. So stay tuned for lots of information coming up about that. So about this episode, I have brought back the co-host of my most downloaded episode ever, Quentin Hafner. And if you don't remember Quentin, he uh, came to us in my episode, Should I Stay or Should I Go? And since he was so likable, and since everyone loved him so much, I thought it would be great to have him back. And really the reason that I did this episode was that I often get emails from men who don't know what to turn after being told by their wife that they want a divorce. And Sometimes I don't, honestly, I don't know what to tell them, but I do want to help them. So I called Quentin and I said, Hey, do you want to come back? And he was all for it. And so this episode is really all about how to fight for your marriage. And we talk about taking the early warning signs seriously. Um, When your wife asks you to go to therapy with her, go, (laughs) things like that. But we also talk about 
these some of these rock star men who really, really, really want to fight for their marriage, who really genuinely, genuinely want to fight for their marriage and what they can do to do that. So without further ado, my friend and colleague, Quentin Hafner. Welcome back, Quentin Hafner. Thanks, Kate. I'm excited to chat with you. It's always fun talking with you. I mentioned this in the introduction that your the podcast episode that we did before, the Should I Stay or Should I Go, is my most downloaded podcast episode to date. So <laughs> Yeah. So we need a, we need to break a new record today. That's our goal. We're gonna right, we're gonna break a new record. Um, but it just tells me that, you know, A, it's a topic that people are really interested in, obviously. Um, given the scope of both of our work, and um, and also that um, people like you. <laughs> oh, awesome! Yeah, well, that's really cool. Yeah, and since I like you too, <clears throat> I, I like thought it would too. be great to have you come back. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, yeah. what do you want to talk about today? Where are we going to go? Well, I really want to talk about. I get you know I get a lot of emails from men, um, mm-hmm. from husbands, who and many of them. Uh, find my podcast through searching and and many of them find their podcasts because their wives say, Hey, <laughs> you need to listen to this. Or their wives have told them that they wanted a divorce and when they're trying to figure it out and they don't understand why and what's going on and mm-hmm. what did I miss? They point them to my podcast and Then, so I've gotten, you know, at least two emails from men who have said, my wife played me your podcast and I get it now Mm -hmm. and I don't know what to do. What do Mm. I do? Yeah. Um, I didn't get it. I missed the signs. And these men are, you know, genuine. I mean, they are Mm. so genuine. They are so heartfelt. They are so, they're clearly in so much pain. To be perfectly honest, sometimes I don't really know what to tell them when they email me with this. You know, they say, what can I do? How can I fix this? And you know, there's a part of me that does believe that a, when a woman is done, she she's done. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a pretty it's a pretty hard door that gets closed. But I also believe that for these men who are truly willing to do anything, um, and are finally sort of figuring out the signs, seeing the signs that they missed along the way, mm-hmm. um, I want to help them. Mm-hmm. I want to help them know what to do, and so. Um, and so that's what I want to talk to you about. Oh, I love it. I think that's really great. It's something yeah. I see a lot in my practice too, for sure. Well, exactly. And I think that you're, you know, what's interesting is that when we talk a lot, you know, um, you and I are, uh, we do the similar work and sort of in different, you know, for, for me, for you, the work is more about, you know, really keeping people, people come to you to keep their marriages together. Mm-hmm, and yeah. more often than not, people come to me to help them get out of their marriages. Mm-hmm. That's not entirely true, but it seems to be the truth. So that's why I wanted to talk to you about this because you're kind of the expert on keeping <laughs> keeping things together. <laughs> and and you also have just written a book called The Black Belt Husband, which I have a feeling will help with this a lot, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for so, sure. We will link to that in the show notes for sure. But so let's talk about all of that. Let's talk about your book. Let's talk about how, what can men do to keep their marriages together? All of it. Go. Okay. <laughs> in three easy steps, I'll solve yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> totally. You know, this is, the, I mean, I, I appreciate you and your kind of empathy for those guys because I feel yeah. the same way too, you know, and I, and I get that guy show up in my office from time to time where, you know, he's been, you know, the, the grenade has been dropped and he's like, you know, and he's like, what can I do? Is there anything I can do? She seems like she's totally checked out. And then it's kind of like, okay, you know, let's get to work and figure out I mean, is there something you can do? Because I think in, you know, and I, and I, and I totally resonate with your saying, what, what you're saying too, about when women kind of announce that generally it is like a, it's like a hard door that's closed. And, um, but then I've also seen the other side where, you know, sometimes, you know, that door, there's like a tiny little crack in that door. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know? And it's yeah. kind of like, it's the heart, the, the heart of that wife at her most truest nature, maybe isn't to want a divorce. I mean, what she would really want, if I said, hey, if you could just like wave a magic wand and change anything, she would probably say, I would like to keep my family together. I just want my husband to be dramatically different. Yeah. If there is that little crack and if there is that little opening, I think there's a ton of stuff we can do. And but I think the first part is really evaluating, like, is there, because I've seen the other side too, where guys will spend the next year of their lives, you know, jumping through every hoop imaginable. And, but they, it was all for, it was all for naught, you know? And so yeah. I think the first step is to really kind of like tease out, is there really hope in the marriage or yeah. is it really done? Yep. I was just, you know, just reminded of the first time I told my husband that mm-hmm. I wanted a divorce. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were in therapy. And I told him, I was like, I'm done. I'm done. And our therapist looked at him and said, what are you going to do about that? Mm. And he said, what do you mean? What, I'm, what am I going to do? My wife just told me she wants a divorce. What, what can I do? Mm-hmm. And our therapist said, fight for her like your life depends upon it. Mm-hmm. Woo her like there's no tomorrow. And then he turned to me and he said, would that make a difference to you? And I said, absolutely. Mm-hmm. because I'm leaving because the messages that I've been getting for the last, you know, 10 years really are that I'm not wanted here. Right. So yeah. And he proceeded to do nothing. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. so, you know, three months later I told him again and this time I, I meant it. Right. Um, but yes, there, the door was open. Mm-hmm. The door was definitely open. For yeah. me, a crack until it simply wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's such an unfortunate thing because, you know, your, your story, thanks for sharing that, by the way, that was, I appreciate you sharing that. And it's such a, sadly, it's a common story, you know? Yeah. And I, and I think that there's a lot of factors that kind of go into that or like a, a, a husband's resistance to step up to the plate at the very last minute, you know, maybe, maybe it's just ego. Maybe it's just pride. Maybe he, you know, doesn't have the strength to admit that he needs help and that he needs to kind of change things. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's feeling just totally at a loss. Like, I don't even know where to begin. You know, like I've already been trying everything that I knew. Cause I hear that sometimes from guys where they're like, I thought I was doing everything. And it's like, well, I mean, I appreciate your intention was good, but it was like you were just totally shooting at the wrong target, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, and frankly, that's on us. It's it's on it's on women or it's on both parties, right? To be to communicate what the target is. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Because really they're shooting blind. I mean, if, if a woman's standing over here saying, here's the target, and he's still shooting at another target, well, that's a, there's a huge problem there. But usually we're, you know, we're saying there's a target, but we're all in the dark and nobody knows where it is. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean that's a really that's a really great point because I think that you know I think by and large most adults doesn't matter of the gender I think most adults have a hard time really articulating their needs in a way where their partners can actually respond to them. Yeah. I think what most people do including myself in my in my not so favorable moments is I just complain. Right. Or I just, you know, say something hurtful. But I'm not really articulating like, okay, this is what I'm really needing, you know? And so I think, you know, in that scenario that we were talking about with the checked out wife, I think a lot of guys are like, I don't know what to do. You know, all I know is that you're, you're mad a lot. You seem really unhappy. And, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to just avoid you because I don't like the way that that makes me feel. Yeah. And then that's kind of the beginning of the end of the relationship. And then over time, you know, people grow increasingly further apart. And it becomes like the ships in the night scenario mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. it, it kind of reaches that kind of catastrophic moment. I did this. I just, I'll share this one thing real quick and I'll be quiet. I did this oh, other. Um, don't be quiet. We're on a podcast. That would be terrible. <laughs> I'll, let you, I'll let you talk. So, Worst podcast episode. So I'm, 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 I also went through a divorce mm-hmm. and um, I was talking about this on another podcast that I did last week. And I said, you know, as a, as a marriage therapist, like, you know, therapy in therapy school, we're taught to be like neutral. What they, what they say is value yeah. neutral. So if somebody comes in, you know, we're not supposed to um, project our own value system or beliefs onto our clients. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like a theoretical thing. Well, right. I'm like super pro marriage. Okay. And so I, and I don't really shy away from saying that. So like when mm-hmm. people come to see me, I am going to take it upon myself to try to really help them fix their marriage before they end their marriage. Yeah. That's just kind of my own value system. And that's the kind of clients that I, that I tend to work with. Mm-hmm. But to contrast that, and this is what I was mentioning on this other show that I did was that me going through my own divorce was the absolute best thing that has ever happened in my entire life. Yeah, me too. Like it was, <laughs> it was, it was the nuclear bomb that rocked my own world that had I not gone through that, I would still just be sleepwalking through life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I feel this tension often with my clients where on one, you know, one side of me is trying to really help them repair their marriage. But then there's this other side of me that's just like, I'm, I'm whispering to the wife in my mind, like, you should just leave him because it will devastate him. But there's, you're, there's no way to get through to him other than the devastation. Right. You know, because there is that principle about human nature. Like we learn, you know, incredible life lessons through pain. Yeah. And I, and I don't think it always has to be that way, but sometimes it, fe- it just seems like we're wired to learn that way. And like yeah. without the pain, sometimes we just don't learn things. Yeah. I often tell the story about when, after I finally did end my marriage, my husband came to me like two or three weeks later and he said, I'm so sorry. I just mm-hmm. never thought you'd leave. And mm-hmm. while I, I, you know, I always feel like, you know, fuck you. <laughs> like, yeah. so you knew you were a dick. You c- knew you could have not been a dick, but you chose to still be a dick because, you know, mm-hmm. you thought you could continue to get away with it. But also what I hear in that is that, is that what you're saying? 
Like he didn't really get it until mm-hmm. he had to get it mm-hmm. until I dropped the bomb. And then he was like, Oh, right. And you know, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, it's kind of like, I, I was just thinking too, that like, it's like, I was just thinking, how is this, how is this like preventable? Mm. And it, it, it just kind of reminds me, like, there's so many analogies that you can use, you know, it's kind of like the person who is really like physically unhealthy their whole lives. And then they go to the doctor's appointment at like 50 and they're just like a walking heart attack waiting to happen. Yeah. And, you know, I think the big, the big, the big lesson I mean, if there's anybody listening to this that isn't in that catastrophic state, you know, the giant lesson to take away at this point is take the, take the warning signs seriously early. You know, if somebody, if somebody is complaining and I, I wrote this on my website too, you know, it's like, I think men, and I don't want to like, this is not shaming of men. It's just that guys have kind of sometimes a tendency to not take these complaints seriously we we have like a way of just kind of maybe minimizing them and say oh well you know you're just having a bad day or you know you're just you know not happy but it's like no it's so much deeper that it's like the the cancer is starting to form yes it really is it really mm -hmm. is and 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 you know and likewise that you know i love what you're talking about that that you in your, in your not best moments, you know, you complain. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think women have a real tendency to go complain to their girlfriends. Mm -hmm. We don't communicate our, our hurt or our frustrations uh, directly to our partners for whatever reason, maybe we've tried in the past and they haven't hurt us, maybe whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but when we, when we spend our lives complaining to our spouse, to our girlfriends, instead of to our spouses directly, then there's no possibility of movement mm-hmm. and change. And similar, and like you said, take take the warning signs seriously. When your wife asks you to go to therapy with her, go, mm-hmm. go, mm-hmm. go the first time because she may not ask again. And so I mm-hmm. I hear it overwhelmingly. You know, like um, this. Oh, I you know. I asked him to go to therapy 10 times. He never, he would never go with me. And then they end the marriage and their husbands are like, wait, 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 I'll go. I'll go. Wait, wait, wait. I want to go to therapy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I, I also, you know, just to kind of like add some more color to that, you know, it's, you know, if, if you're in that state where you're kind of pleading with your partner to go and they refuse, and then you threaten with a divorce or initiate a divorce or whatever. And then all of a sudden they're, you know, ready to take action. I, cause I, I, I hear a lot from like maybe the, the, the partner that's ready to leave in that scenario feels like it just feels kind of manipulative too, in a certain yeah. sense, like, Oh, like, you wouldn't go because it was the right thing to do, but now you're going to go because you're just scared, you know, or because you're trying to kind of win me back or something, which it just kind of takes a little bit of the goodness out of the whole thing. Cause then you have to go through that repair process too. Like, why did you end up going? You know, was it because you felt like this was actually really important to you or was it just because you, it was just a sheer panic moment? Yeah. And I, we're kind of meandering off topic a little bit, which is totally fine. I want to bring it back to, so what can men do? And I'm saying men in this point, but it Mm -hmm. could be women, right? If your Mm -hmm. husband has said it, like, it doesn't even matter. Right. But Mm -hmm. I, but you know, I hear usually it's men. Um, that are in this position that really do 
have a genuine desire to win their uh, spouse back? What can they do? Well, you know, it's such an interesting question, you know, because when you phrase that, I mean, okay, so let me just, let me just go off on a tangent for a second. So when you phrase that question, it sounds like, you know, what can men do? Like as if it's this nebulous or mysterious thing, you know, (laughs) but you know, it's really not that hard, is it? (laughs) Oh my God. It's so easy. You know, it's, it's so easy. So, so it's kind of like, oh, because if you, if, if your wife says, oh, I want a divorce and you're like, oh my God, what can I do? It's so easy. Just pick up the phone and call a therapist and say, what can I do? And it's like that person is going to guide you through a process that's right. like actually super simple. See, the problem isn't that the guys don't know what to do. The problem is the guy's lack of humility in being willing to do it. Mm. that's really the problem. And that's how people end up in this scenario. It's not because they were like, Oh, well, I just tried everything and I didn't have the right skill set." It's like, no, you were just an arrogant asshole and you didn't take it serious. And now it's like your the consequence has kind of presented itself on your doorstep. Right. Right. Because, or so, and I also want to say like, you know, I, I know plenty of men who are not arrogant assholes, but they ha- but they haven't picked up the phone. There might be resources, you know, lack of resources and ability to afford a therapist or, right? Like there are other, there are other roadblocks besides, I just want to, I just want to, you know, placate my audience who's being like, yeah. I'm not an arrogant asshole. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. know, like- of, of course not. I'm not saying, yeah. And I, 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 I love guys and this is not about bashing guys, but the point is that if you're willing, there's a way you know, and, you know, you can Google how to, I have a free course on my website. How to win her back, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's like, you could, you know, it's like it walks you through, there's like 20 different videos to kind of answer these different questions, you know. That's a freebie? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, So there's that, you know, there's, you know, there's, there's, there's books, you know, you could watch YouTube videos. I mean, I guess my point is, I'm, I'm just saying like, if there's a will, there's yes, a, you know, right. and it doesn't have and to she, be caught. Yeah, and she may not be receptive, but you know, I do, I do know that when I finally left my husband, I was like, he never fought for me, mm-hmm. and I hear that over and over and over again. I I hear women say over and over and over again, he never fought for me. <clears throat> he never. Now, I also work with a lot of women whose husbands are fighting for them in really the wrong ways. Right, like they're actually fighting them. Yeah. Like right. screaming and yelling and ranting and raving, right. um, which is not a, then it's not about your wife. Right. That's about you. Right? right. Because then that's just, you know, you know, that's just kind of like a recapitulation of that, like arrogant asshole thing. Yeah. You know, because if you're, if, if, if you, if you can't see that that's not going to win her heart, then it's like, there's bigger problems. Yes. And, and really it's, it's really, it's about what, as you said, what will win her her heart. Mm-hmm. It's, this is, I mean, we're going down to basics of love languages, right? Mm-hmm. What is it that will, will touch her heart? Mm-hmm. Not like what big displays do you need to make? What is she asking for? You know, what does she need? Yeah. And I think that, you know, and this, this is just, this is like, I think this is just great. Like wisdom of life 
that, you know, so much of the starting place any, anywhere in life, you know, you can, you can extrapolate this to health or to business or to relationships is if you don't know how to do something, how willing are you to ask for help? Yeah. And that is the Achilles heel for so many men. And, the, and, 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 yeah. and, I, and these are good guys. These are guys that I would be friends with. These are guys that yeah. I would, these are guys that I like a lot. This is, this is my Achilles heel. So I'm not judging guys. This is me too. Yeah. Is that we have such a hard time acknowledging that we need help and asking for help and kind of falling on the sword in that humble posture. Yeah. And because our, of our lack of willingness or our lack of ability to be able to do that, you know, it's like, imagine, imagine this, imagine how different things could play out if a wife was like, Hey, I'm so discontent. I want to, I want to leave you. And you know, that guy could respond to that in so many ways, but what if he responded to it in a way where he said, Oh my gosh, I had no idea, but please like educate me. What is it that I could do different to make that better? Mm-hmm. Or what could, how could I, how could I, how could I be the person that you're needing me to be? What could I do? What could I change? What could I look at in myself? Mm-hmm. What, what would you want to see me do? Do you want me to go to therapy? Do you want me to do something different? Do you want to like that? That's a very humble posture, right? Cause you're in that moment, you're kind of saying, I, I, I admit like defeat in a sense, you know, like Uh I I admit that I don't know what to do, but I'm willing to learn. And I've never, I can honestly say in all the couples that I've worked with, I've never watched a wife walk away from a guy that was willing. That's so great. I mean, I love that. I love that. Can you say that again? I want every, if if anyone just tuned out for a second, I want you to, I want you to repeat that and prick up your ears. I'll just say that last part. Yes. My, what I said at the end was in all the couples that I've worked with in my practice, I've never watched a wife walk away from a guy that was really willing. It's just, I mean, just so important to know. So important to know. Cause that's all. Cause at the end of the day, that's what we're feeling. Like at the end of the day, we're feeling unwanted, unloved, unappreciated, right? And for a man to turn around and just throw it all at us, like that, that's, that's everything, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even if it's at the 11th hour, you know, yeah. I, I, I've seen, you know, partners be incredibly patient and willing to work through that and to compromise as long as that person was humble and demonstrated like a non-defensive willingness to change. Yep. You know, because I think we have like a forgiving spirit inside all of us as humans. You know, like I said in the very beginning, I don't think it's not like, like nobody gets married with the intention of wanting to leave. No, right? (laughs) So it's like, it's in all of our hearts to try to hang on. And if it's so, it's like it, 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 it has to get really bad in order for someone to want to leave. Yeah. You know, but mm-hmm. I, and again, like wanting to hold on from a place of willingness and the way that you just described is different from wanting to hold on with a clenched fist and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, don't do this and you're ruining the kids and mm-hmm. how can you, you know, and the, the sort of the blame, like I've seen men go completely ape shit. 
mm-hmm. you know, quote, fighting for their wives, but what they're doing is actually demonstrating all the behaviors that had their wives want to leave them to begin with. Yeah. It's just like pouring salt on the wound. You know, I was working yeah. with this couple recently and they were both, um, what the guy was a pastor at a church and his wife was going to leave him. And so the, of course that doesn't bode well for him and his image at the church. And, and he just used spirituality to try to, you know, instead of being humble and saying, gosh, you know, actually I am a pretty terrible husband at times and I really want to improve and be better. He kind of went down the road of trying to convince her from a religious point of view that she was wrong for leaving. And all that did was just reinforce her perception of him, that he was manipulative, that it was really about him and that he wasn't really willing to change and I pleaded with him. I said, you have to stop doing that. You know, yeah. even, even if you believe that it's wrong, it doesn't matter at this point. Right. Yeah. I remember after my, after we, after we got divorced and a friend of mine was hanging out with my, with my ex and, and he was, he was talking so much about the loss of family and, and all of that. And my friend said, do you miss I hear you talking about like missing family and, you know, missing the unity and togetherness. And he, and he said, do you miss Kate? And my husband didn't really answer that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it sort of yeah. deflected, Yeah, but that's the point, right? It's yeah. like, he wasn't, it sounds like your, your pastor was, you know, it wasn't about saving his marriage because he didn't want necessarily want to be with his wife, which is probably the the cues she's been picking up for mm-hmm. a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't think that my husband wanted to be married to me. Mm-hmm. I don't think he wanted to divorce me, but I don't particularly think he wanted to be married to me. So I just sort of, you know, accepted his invitation to leave mm-hmm. <laughs> at a yeah. certain point, you know? Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, I think the way, the way it gets unconsciously measured in people's minds is, is my desire to be with my wife greater than my need to change Mm -hmm. because the only, because the only way that I could successfully be with my wife is, 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 is going to require me to do some changing about myself. And then I think where a lot of people make that it's like a decision point they're not willing to do that changing within themselves. So it's kind of like a better way to say it is keeping my life the same is more important to me than the changes required in order to keep my marriage intact. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know, what's really interesting about this is too, is that here's the thing. If somebody says, when you say like, what changes do I need to make? And if they list things that are completely antithetical to your values and what you hold dear and who you really know yourself to be, then like by all means, do not change Mm -hmm. and accept the fact that this marriage may have run its course, right? Because Mm -hmm. as soon as we're compromising who we are on a fundamental basis, this is no longer a viable match. Yeah. And I, but I don't, I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. It's just that I think in my experience, most times it doesn't even come down to things as big as that. Mm. It's not even, it doesn't even get as complicated. It's like, can you be respectful to me? Can you be kind to me? Can you smile at me? Can you actually show an interest in my life? You know, I mean, the things that you're saying about the values, I totally agree with you, but I I don't, that, that almost feels like a, like a second tier kind of thing. I mean, in my experience in the couples that have so many problems in my practice, it's just like, 
if you could just be a good person, you would be fine. You know, like in a good person, what I mean by that, I don't think you're like, you know, you're, you're, it's not like you're the antichrist. It's just like, actually try to listen a little bit, show an interest. Right. Show basic respect. Yeah. It's yeah, kind of like absolutely. the stuff that I'm teaching my five-year-old right now, you know, like don't hit, be a good share, <laughs> say please. <laughs> You know, right? Say thank you when you know dinner is presented in front of you, or take turns on the swing. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, you guys! And this kind of leads into like another point that, like, I think that marriage is an incredible opportunity for any of us to mature as people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And well, this is what I find a lot in my practice too, is that I work with a lot of women who are obviously very interested and invested in personal development. And very often I hear them talk about the fact that their husbands like aren't mm-hmm. like, they're just not interested in growth. You know, like I, I hear all the time, it's like, well, he's exactly who he was when I met him and when I married him, mm-hmm. like, it's not like he's changed. This mm-hmm. is exactly who he is. And I'm like, okay, but have you changed? Have you grown? And they're like, yeah, I've changed like exponentially. I'm like, okay. Like for me, it would be a problem to be with someone who never changed, mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know, because I am so invested in one of my top core values is around personal development. Mm-hmm. So if I was with someone who literally didn't believe in therapy or mm-hmm. literally didn't believe in any kind of growth or development, like mm-hmm. that would be a huge misalignment. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that a lot too. Mm-hmm. I hear that a lot too. And I think what I, I kind of interpret that in a, and through a lens, like when people tell me that usually when someone says, I've done all this growing and they've stayed the same. The person that's done all the growing feels incredibly lonely in the relationship. Yes. Yes. And so yep, so instead much. of talking about like what I, what I do personally in my work is that I don't focus so much on the personal development conversation. I try to say, okay, you're feeling super alone yeah, and by yourself. Like yeah. how can we, help you not feel that because it's very important that you don't feel that it's really important that you feel connected and that your partner gets you and understands you he may not be interested in tony robbins like you are or he may not be interested in something like you are and that's okay yeah but it's not okay that you feel alone and so you know and that's the message to guys too because i think what happens for a lot of wives is that they feel alone and then they become critical of their partners because of that you know, yeah. it's like they, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it, this is, and this is just a thing about humanity. You know, if I feel lonely, sometimes it's really hard to say, I feel lonely. We, I think we don't identify it as such. And I do think, mm-hmm. it, I think you're right. I think it does take a therapist or a coach to be able to say what you're describing is loneliness. Right. What you're describing is a feeling of disconnection and loneliness. My guess is that we don't readily identify that feeling because we're not really alone. Like we're not alone, right? We're in a marriage and, you know, it's one thing to be actually alone. We, I think we attribute loneliness to being alone. Being alone. Yeah. Well, you know, you've had that feeling where we can be in a crowded room and feel terribly alone. Oh, yeah. You know, so that's kind of what the way people exist in marriages too. It's like, man, like I see this person day and night. We sleep in the same bed, but I feel like they do not know me and I don't know them. It's like two strangers, Yep. you know, with, with, without any depth of conversation to kind of get to know each other. So there's this incredible loneliness that is almost like tangible in the relationship. 
Absolutely. I think there's nothing, there's nothing like the feeling of loneliness in a relationship. It's really painful because... Yeah, there's nothing more lonely <laughs> than... Right, because it's like right in front of you and you can't yeah. get, you can't get your hands on it. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's a very hopeless kind of feeling. It really is. So what happens is, you know, just to kind of like add, a, this is maybe for more of your female audience to think about mm-hmm. too, is that most guys are conflict avoidant. And I, I write about this a lot in the book. So they, they, what they guys are for, I won't go into like why, but guys generally are pretty conflict averse. Okay. Which means that if you present them with conflict, they are going to withdraw or shut down. Mm-hmm. So this is how it kind of goes. There's a disconnection in the relationship and the wife starts to feel lonely and she might have a hard time articulating that loneliness. So the way it comes out is a criticism. Yes. And then what the, and because your husband is conflict averse, the, the criticism doesn't draw him close to you. It pushes him from you, which actually increases your feelings of loneliness. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, so, and then, and then, and then the cycle just keeps growing on it, on itself. It actually, it's, it's, it's kind of insidious in its own right. Mm -hmm. And so over time, if that exists for, you know, years. You're, I mean, it's just, yeah. Right. So it's kind of like, if you feel disconnected, if you feel alone in your relationship, if you feel very far from your husband it's really important you try not to approach, the, even though you might feel very angry about that inside, it's really important that you try, to, you try to think about how to articulate that in a more vulnerable way so it actually brings him closer to you and not pushes you for, him further away from you. And, you know, as with anything, right, people respond to vulnerability. It's, a vulnerability is an invitation. Mm-hmm that we don't extend mm-hmm. often enough in our relationships. Um, but yes, when, you know, when we start our sentences with, I feel, and mm-hmm. we express the vulnerable feeling that we're feeling as opposed to you're making me or, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, and, and, some, and, and that sounds so simple, except that sometimes the layers have built up so much that um, it doesn't feel safe to be vulnerable anymore, mm-hmm. you know? You're absolutely right. You know, you're absolutely right. Cause we get defensive. We build defensive walls to protect us from getting hurt. Yeah. And, you know, but I, I, I just kind of, I think that, you know, as much as we're able to see that and take responsibility for that, we are actually empowered to change our relationship in pretty significant ways on our own. And I think that's the big message too, that if you can lower your own defenses, Mm-hmm. And, and be vulnerable in that way. It's like, man, you can control so many aspects of how you want your relationship to be. Yes. Yes. And so here's one, this is, I think what I was going to say before that I lost and it just came back to me and it's, this is perfect, right? Because one of the things that I hear a lot from men is we're not having sex anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a big one for men. Mm-hmm. And they seem to put the weight on the sex, right? And all the women are saying, 
I'm so disconnected from him. Like, I can't even think about the sex. Like, sex comes so far down the line after the emotional repair. And I hear women say, like, he just keeps trying to have sex with me. And I'm like, because the men, I think that, I don't know this, but it feels to me like men, to men, the sex is, the, the physical is the repair. Whereas for women, the emotional is the repair that will lead to sex someday. Right. Is this like, so right. what do you, and, and, and so you have to be vulnerable enough to be able to say to your partner, like, I need us to stop talking, like, I need us to stop talking about sex because it makes mm-hmm. me feel, I feel uncomfortable. I mm-hmm. feel um, like you're trying to get something from me. Mm-hmm. I want to connect with you emotionally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that might lead to a repair in the bedroom, but Mm -hmm. first, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Well, this is kind of like the, yeah, this is like the building blocks of just like emotional intelligence, you know, where we have to kind of just learn this stuff. And, you know, by and large, you know, it's women are evolutionarily wired to need to feel safe and secure before engaging sexually it's just it's in the dna i mean it really is i mean it really is and and i can't even express it more (laughs) but doesn't it doesn't it make sense if we think about it historically you know absolutely you you can't care for me before birth control and all this stuff it's like you can't care for offspring you know with having you know, thinking, thinking about producing offspring with an unreliable mate, you know, right. it's like, it just makes so much sense. You know? It makes a hundred percent. And it also makes sense that, you know, men like, you know, come home from, from the hunt and spread their seed. And like, that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's how they feel powerful and masculine and all like both sides actually make sense. Both <laughs> right? sides make sense. Both, both sides make sense from a historical evolutionary perspective, but since we are evolved and since, you know, uh, women's bodies are no longer uh, there for the taking. <laughs> now we have something called consent. We have to work a little harder at this. Well, it's kind of like if you're talking about a couple that are both invested in the relationship and working on things, then I would say that there's a need for both things. There's a need for the emotional connection and there's a need for the sexual connection. Okay. If we're talking to men about how to re-engage with your partner after she's checked out, you have to just table sex. It's like not even, it's not even part of the equation, Yeah, you know, and that's and for a lot of good reason. I mean, you can, you know, we don't have to spend time talking about it right now, but it's just like, you can understand why that can't be part of the matrix right now. And the more you kind of insist that it is, you're just digging your own grave. If you're trying to save your relationship. Yes. Literally. Literally. Quentin, will you talk to us a little bit about um, being a black belt husband and how you, you've structured, you've structured um, your book um, and this philosophy on the belt system in jujitsu, which you practice, right? Or the mm-hmm. belt system in all martial arts, right? No, it's just jujitsu. Oh, it is yeah. just jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because so, I'm kind of an elitist in that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you and my ex-husband, man. Yeah. Quentin, I just want everyone to know that Quentin threatened to leave me for my ex-husband when he found out that he that he actually just placed. He did a competition a couple of weeks ago, and he came in silver. Oh, that's awesome! I gotta I meet this guy. I he wasn't has- gonna tell you. Yeah. <laughs> 
We're gonna be buddies. Uh, <laughs> God damn it! So funny. Um, yeah. So tell us about your um, tell us about your book and your system. Yeah. So, um, well, I'll tell you just quick the backstory about why I wanted to write it. Um, I wanted to write a book that your average kind of everyday typical guy, I wanted to write a marriage book, excuse me, that your just typical guy might be interested in reading. Because as a guy, in my experience, reading like a gazillion marriage books because of what I do for a living, most of them are written to real female audiences. And that makes sense because females buy this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so most guys aren't interested. Well, if you, if you, if you hand a typical marriage book to most guys, they're kind of like, they're just going to kind of roll their eyes at it. They're kind of like, yeah, you know, it's not really my thing. And so I thought, okay, well, what if I wrote a book that talked about all these really great marriage principles, but I kind of like framed it in a way that your typical guy might actually be like, oh, that sounds kind of interesting. I'm interested in that. So that was kind of like the reason why I wanted to write it. Mm-hmm. And, and so using like a jujitsu metaphor, I take guys through the, 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 the belt rank system of like, so like there's a white belt husband, there's a, then you go to blue belt, purple belt, brown belt, and then you finally get your black belt, which is kind of like this idea that you're like the expert husband and you kind of have all this stuff figured out. So in the beginning, you know, we're talking about things like humility and self-awareness and consistency. And then kind of, we move on to, um, you know, learning how to be honest and talk about your feelings Mm. and um, learning how to be assertive, which is not aggressive, but not passive. Mm -hmm. And then uh, moving into purple belt, you know, I, 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 in purple belt, I really get into the nuts and bolts of like emotional intelligence. I really talk a lot about like just attachment ideas in there. And then brown belt is this whole concept of being a leader because in jujitsu, by the time you get your brown belt, you're like usually teaching a lot and stuff. So I, I play on that and say, okay, what does it look like to actually be a leader in, in, in a marriage as a husband? And I talk about how, you know, this whole concept of being other centered and being sacrificial and, you know, having gratitude. And so, um, yeah, basically that's the framework of the book. And so far it's been like super well received. It got like number one in like a ton of different Amazon categories in the, in launch week. So I was really excited about that. So great. I would, yeah. Here's what I would like you to do, Quentin. Mm-hmm. I would like you to find me um, a single man who um, has, is, has a black belt. And then you send him to me. <laughs> <Okay>. yes. <laughs> because yes. I want to marry a black belt husband. That's what I want. You know, I got, it's funny you should say that because my, one of my clients I work with, she's a wife and she read it and she emailed me after she read it. And she said, it was a really sweet email. And I, and it really, it kind of touched me because she said, I realized after reading your book, I deserve to have this kind of a husband. Yeah. And I was like, you do deserve that. Like we all deserve to have that kind of a partner, you know, and, and everything could be super translated. Like if you're a woman and you read the book, you know, it's all the same stuff. You know, this it's is all the same stuff. This is how we should both be pouring into this vessel. We should both yeah. be as individuals pouring mm-hmm. into the marital vessel in this mm-hmm. way. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's exciting and I'm excited about it. And, um, you know, if it helps one person, then I'm super stoked. My job is done. 
I think it's great. And we will definitely link to it in the show notes because, <laughs> because. Okay. All right. <laughs> because that's what we do. Yeah. Quentin, thank you so much for coming back and having this conversation. I love talking to you. I love collaborating and sharing ideas with you. It's always really inspiring. And I think my audience is into it too. So Yay. Yeah, likewise, Kate. It's always fun to chat with you. I feel like you and I have similar minds a little bit. So we are, we seem to get on the same page, which is super cool. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Darlene. We'll do it again soon. Thanks for listening to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. You can find me over at kateanthony.com and be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.